Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly Oregon market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome everybody. It's good to have you with us again on another podcast. It's Monday, August 3rd. And this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so just so grateful to have you as our listener. We have so many people contacting us and telling us and telling me about how much they enjoy the podcast. And I am just so grateful for you. We're I was going going over some you know so many of you send me LinkedIn messages. Probably a great way to get a hold of it. My assistants see that. So I just want to thank you so much. This last week there were so many of the comments that came in about it. And it was really interesting. One of the comments that came in was about the Vince Parlovs and about the talking about the Anthony Casas comments which were just absurd beyond unprofessional, beyond horrible. And why didn't Vince talk about that? And it was really interesting because we got into a dialogue and how far reaching this is. And of course, Vince and I talked about it in advance. I mean, it's not his place to respond, but you know, Matt actually did respond and do quite a bit of a response out there in social media. And so there was some response. Not everyone's heard it. Certainly, they've heard the noise of it. But I think we're, you look at what's done on social media these days. Man, it can be career-ending overnight. And that's what's happened to Anthony Casa. And fortunately, AIM is not going to be stepped away from that but i just want to acknowledge for those of you that have been impacted by that we really appreciate that the person that wrote me has been a long long time listener happens to be just here in austin texas and, and uh, others wrote me from one from san francisco two from austin i mean i could just go on and on about so many people that wrote me about that and we're so empathetic uh, about this whole situation what it's done and what it's stirred up i mean it's just all of us being so responsible of what we say the words we say can have such dramatic consequences. Maybe that's a good opener for what we're going to have you talking about in our Hot Topics segment. We've got Megan Anderson of MBS Highway coming on. She'll be talking with us about her social media strategy, what she's done to go from obscurity to prominence. We'll talk a little bit about social media. I mean, about well, a lot about social media, about responsibility. Talk, we touch on this topic. Not so much about MBS Highway, but he's a part of it. We always acknowledge that and we have great friendship with Barry and, and uh, the team there at MBS Highway. So anyway, stay tuned all the way to the Hot Topic segment in the audio format that we have. Here's to bring you timely information in the audio format. We're thrilled to have you as our listener. We're also thrilled to be a part of the industrysyndicate.com. Check that out as well as Mortgage Media. Kevin Breland is the one that reached out to me, one of the ones that reached out to me. So thank you so much, Kevin, for your comments. Appreciate you. That was so good how he brought it up. I just love and respect, Kevin, how you raised that issue and wanted to talk about it. It had some great legitimate questions. And so 
has really opened up a great space. But Kevin Breland's been a listener for many, many years, and we're grateful for him and so many others out there. Before we get started, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Ma, go to Mortgage Action Alliance on your smart device and download the app. That way you can get all the latest messaging that's going into Congress and how we're dealing with it, uh, how we're communicating as an industry. And you can have your voice heard if you agree with what's being communicated by our trade association, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. I'm sure you will. I do. I get in there commenting. And it's amazing. I got all these. The only thing is, is you will start getting a lot of emails from your politicians, especially when we're getting into election year. You, they will generate some activity that way. So just be prepared for that. But do sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance. Also, uh, Finastra, the home of the Fusion Mortgage Bot System, a great system that I encourage you to check out, as well as Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative. Both these co-ops create competitive advantages for their lender and vendor members. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America are grateful for their sponsorship, as well as Indicom, as well as, by the way, Indicom, you've got to check out Alice's old company, where she sold her company to Indicom. They do a great job. And uh, we're looking forward to having one of my favorite people come on. Linda is going to be here with Indicom talking about some of their services. We're working on getting that scheduled, as well as Incelerate. This company helps lenders close more loans through engaging better with their customers, as well as Ainsworth Advisors, a way where you can have a board of advisors advising your company, as well as AI Assist, using artificial intelligence to help you connect with borrowers through social media, as well as Celebrity Home Loans, growing through acquisitions, great company that's doing great things, RobNet and that group, as well as Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, VendorSurf, and Vidyard. Finally, a special thank you goes out to Alice, Andy, Allen, and Matt for their contributions to the podcast each and every week. Let's hear from uh, Rob Van Raphorst this week with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, Senate Republicans introduced several legislative vehicles that in total make up the HEALS Act. The pillars of the proposal include another round of $1,200 in direct payments to individual Americans, more money for the Paycheck Protection Program, a reduction in pandemic federal unemployment benefits, liability protection, and more than $100 billion to reopen schools and colleges. On Thursday afternoon, the Senate approved a shell bill that could serve as the legislative vehicle for a possible negotiated pandemic response bill. Also last week, CFPB Director Kathy Kraninger appeared before both the Senate Banking and House Financial Services Committee, where key topics such as the qualified mortgage rulemaking, payday lending, debt collection, credit reporting, data privacy, and the structure of the CFPB were challenged on both sides of the Capitol. And finally, last week, the full Senate confirmed Dana Wade to be the next Federal Housing Administration Commissioner by a vote of 57 to 40. That's it this week. Thanks for joining me. Sounds like that vote went right down party lines. Uh, pretty close, anyway. Uh, so good. Uh, Kathy Kraniger's comments were real interesting. Go check it all out on the MBA website. And then also you can download Rob's comments on our website, Look at Unletting, if you want to go back and listen to There's a lot of good information packed into that one little minute. Let's get over to Les Parker and hear what he has with the TM Spotlight and the macro view of the markets. Les? Are you ready? Are you ready to grow? Are you trading on the edge of your seat? Out of the floodgates, the money flows. 
to the screens up to beat. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Another one bites the dust. Power Seller, making hedging easy. Another one bites the dust. Last week, Fed Chairman Jay Powell said that everything depends on what happens with COVID-19. Governmental response to coronavirus accelerates the great repricing, which ultimately leads to the great revitalization. Oil, travel, and retail businesses around the world die or get restructured. New money brings in a new birth. So COVID going to save us too? Another one bites the dust. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Hello. Another one bites the dust. Man, how many companies are buying the dust? Except in the mortgage industry. We're on fire, folks. You know what? I, as I'm thinking about this industry, while other industries are struggling, my heart goes out to so many of them. And I'm, I could just think of all of the airline industry. I flew up to Nashville here recently and looking at what the airline industry is doing. Uh, what's going on? It's it's holding on by a thread, but man, it's just struggling with the cost that this is costing us as a nation to keep these our, our infrastructure alive, our nation alive, the industry alive. So, I mean, the airline industry. So, a lot going on there. But uh, let's get Matt Graham in here, founder and CEO of MBS Live, with who's our newest contributor to the podcast, who I'm thrilled with, and I love this system, MBSLive.net. We're going to talk about a special that he's offering our listeners after his segment. Matt, good to have you here, friend. Appreciate you. Hey, Dave. How's it going? It's good. Hot here in Texas. <laughs> You're up there in the Portland area, so kind of envious of your temperatures, but we're doing well. What's going on in the markets? Yeah. Uh, well, it has been a more interesting couple of weeks in markets, or a week since we last spoke. And last week really kicked things into higher gear than it had been in terms of volatility. Uh, right at the beginning of the week, we saw bond yields jump bigger by more than they have jumped any time in the past six weeks. And uh, that raised a little bit of concern because they had been sort of bumping up against this resistance level around uh, 0.58 in terms of mm-hmm. 10-year yields, which, you know, although mortgage rates aren't based directly on 10-year yields, we do look there for guidance and general yep. momentum. So it was a little bit of a concern. But the very next day, bonds came surging back down and uh, right back to the doorstep of 0.58. And they basically spent the rest of the week breaking out of that range. And that range has been intact since at least April. And we've been talking about 0.58 as a floor since then. So it was very interesting to see a positive breakout despite the headwinds for bonds. And when we Mm -hmm. talk about headwinds, Anytime you see the conversation on stimulus, we can always remember and think about the fact that that's paid for by treasury issuance, new treasuries, and then supply demand 101, more of that stuff that needs to be sold, the lower the prices would be, all other things being equal and the higher rates would be. So why then did we see bonds do so well when they were apparently not going to, when some of them are already very already very low and when they have to worry about supply and when, you know, there was some, maybe a little bit of a shift in the COVID numbers last week where things maybe leveled off a little bit after climbing, I would urge right. listeners not, not to watch death counts because those are always going to lag the, the more timely yep. data. 
the more timely data su- suggests, hey, this runaway spike in several of these states that we've been concerned with may be leveling off. And that should be bad for bonds. It should be pushing rates higher. And it wasn't. There are several hmm. reasons we could point to. First off, as Les mentioned, you know, the Fed was out saying accommodative things. Fed Chair Powell talked about, hey, you know, we all know it's about COVID, but we're actually seeing uh, more evidence for a type of a double dip recession. We're concerned that things are now entering that second part of the recovery where they're going to slow down a bit more now. So we had maybe a little bit of euphoria and a sugar high from stimulus. And now mm-hmm. we don't really know exactly what the second round of stimulus is going to look like, but we know the first round's expiring. And uh, that has some investors maybe a little bit concerned about, you know, what the economic impacts are going to be. We've seen pretty good economic data. Yet another reason that rates should have risen more last week. But then you had Powell come out and saying, nah, it's not as good as you guys are thinking. And we are going to buy a lot of bonds for a very long time and well after we really need to be. That was my takeaway from it. And uh, yeah. markets takeaway was positive as well. And then the treasury auctions last week were all very well received. That uh, was front loaded. Yeah. And by the time markets got through those auctions, rates were coming down nicely. And then from a, a purely technical standpoint, and when you hear somebody like me who's a market analyst say technical, that means more than it normally does. Uh, we're talking about the math that's applied to various trading levels and the lines that we decide you know, are important, like that 0.58. So a lot of times when you see a, a breakout of that long-term floor, you'll see technical momentum, a little bit of follow-through, just because that is going to act as a, a signal to other traders, oh, hey, 5.8 just got broken, let's buy some more bonds. So that could be another piece of it. In any event, there's another way to look at things, which is simply that Yields rates have been in a gradual downtrend as far as treasuries are concerned. Mortgage rates too, but we are seeing a lot more resistance to big moves lower in mortgage rates due to capacity constraints, probably the biggest topic of conversation on MBS Live right now. And the really great thing here from a mortgage originator's standpoint is this, is we saw rates that were basically as low as they are right now when MBS prices were three quarters of a point lower than they are right now. That's a good amount of cushion for the industry to have where, you know, bond markets could weaken and lenders don't really need to raise mortgage rates nearly as fast as treasuries would be weakening or as fast as MBS might suggest. So a bit of a feather in the cap for the originator. Not to say, you know, don't lock any loans, just that right. there is more, more insulation against risk than there normally is. But I'm guessing you want to know real quick about the week ahead before I go. Yes, please do. Give us this week. I'm looking at it on your – I love this, how you got it set up on the economic calendar. you got the previous week, today, tomorrow, this week, and next week. So, I mean, it's really nicely laid out here. So let's talk about what's on there. Yeah, so this week we already had – ISM manufacturing, typically one mm-hmm. of the, the bigger reports and no bigger major market yep. reaction. Yeah, no major market reaction. That's a little bit of foreshadowing as to where the market's head, head space is. We might expect that to continue to be the case for the rest of the week, even though we have big ticket reports like non-farm payrolls on Friday. Now, NFP is something that always reserves the right to be the biggest market mover any given month. But uh, a great thing to remember right now is this. The 
establishment survey, this uh, survey of businesses where they get uh, the payroll counts on the official level, that occurs on the week of the month that includes the 12th. I'm not just mm-hmm. making that up. They actually say that in the uh, Bureau of Labor and Statistics methodology page. So that occurred back in July, early July, when the unemployment, extended unemployment benefits were still intact. They may have expired last week, and people might be thinking, oh, let's see what the jobs report looks like now that those unemployment benefits have expired. Right. But this one won't show it. We're going to have to wait till the next one before we'd see any potential changes yeah. from shifts in that yes. program. So uh, all that to say, don't expect a huge reaction to the jobs numbers unless they're really, really, really far off the beaten path. And even then, I think, as we continue to discuss across the board, more interested in what's happening with COVID, any breakthroughs there. Mm-hmm. And if you know demand continues to be what it has been for bonds, then all we can really do is just enjoy what we have and sort of guard against a shift in that. But we won't know that's happening until we see it. Yep. It's Friday's non-farm payroll. That'll be a big one. We can look at I me. Mean, yeah, like you say, it's big information, but is it going to be market moving? That's really good. It's, I'm looking at the trading range that you've got up here on here. Love how you graph this out. You can look off to the left-hand side of the screen and just say in the floor, in the ceiling floor meter, you show it there graphically. Nice. And then you also have exactly where the 10 years trading on here. I love how you lay it out. You could go in and drill in on a daily basis on just today. What's happening? The, or a two-day, five-day, one-month, three-month, one-year, five-year, and all. That's just so much information packed into this screen. I love it. I have it up all the time, Matt. So tell our listeners how they can get an extended free trial without a credit card. Go ahead. You bet. Yeah, just go to mbslive.net and uh, click the button that says you want to start a trial. And when it asks you if you have a, a code to enter, just enter the code LOL, looking on lending. That'll get you double the free time, and it will get you around the credit card requirement, which really streamlines the process of getting started. Appreciate it, Matt. Appreciate you blessing our regular listeners with this information. Anyone listening to this, regular or not, brand new to the podcast, check it out. Great service. You'll love it. You'll get hooked like I am. I have it up on my screen. I went out and bought a special monitor just to keep it up behind me all the time. Yeah, so anyway. You got to with all that's going on. There's so much data there. Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate you. And thank you for your participation on in this podcast. So we talked you into it and you jumped at it. And I'm so glad you're here. I love what you're doing. This is just such an outstanding service. All right. Let's move on to Alice Alvey. Alice, good to have you here. Alice is the CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. She's got this week's legislative update. Alice, great to have you here. Alice is finding her moot button. <laughs> well, you know, there I go, there. right? I've been in reverse mode all day because that was me <laughs> earlier. I apologize. Oh, sure. I'm on paper. <laughs> that was you earlier. Thank you for the heads up. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, here's reverse my, mode. My for every, I know. <laughs> here's my update for everyone. I apologize for that. All right. So you heard we have uh, FHA Commissioner Dana Walsh is now confirmed. Uh, she's been in the yeah. nomination process now for a little while, so that's good news. So just in case those of you are losing track, like we all can on who is who, Ben Carson is the HUD secretary, Brian yes. Montgomery is the HUD deputy secretary, and then Dana Walsh fits under that for our FHA commissioner. So when you hear those three names, 
your your ears go up on, okay, is there anything changing in, in our world in single-family housing or with our FHA products? So those are the, the people involved. we got two really good ones, and Brian Montgomery and Dana Walsh. I mean, no offense yeah, so against true. Ben Carson. He's a good guy, too. I'm just saying those two are, you know, yep. they've been around and they know our business, so that's the good news. All right. Yep. Real quick, we do have an existing uh, proposed rule or rec- yeah, proposed rule on the qualified mortgage. That's still pending all the way until the end of this month. So I hope lenders are reading the MBA publication that they had on June 22nd that addresses, mm-hmm. the, well, I think we have multiple, I don't know, about nine or ten questions that are up for comment. And most of all is getting those comments out there regarding that 43 DTI and and how do I go through with a compensating factor uh, to remove a DTI threshold? I think that that's an, is an APR threshold, really a better way to go and completely remove DTI. We'll have some uncertainty then with how to document that my borrower had the ability re- to repay. And so I think the key in that is that we get lots of clarity on if we don't have a number that guides us, what are the the bumpers, so to speak, that we can work with? And so that's what we'll be watching for, and I'll I'll report as we get more comments that are published. Another uh, request for information that was just published on July 28th by the CFPB, I think, you know, it seems in light of the dynamics in our country these days, and they they now have an RFI out there on the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. And so this one is literally opening up the act for complete comment any recommendations that lenders and, of course, community activists, anyone, public, it's a full public, you know, when these are published, it's for the public, it's not just for our industry, to comment back on things along the line that will help and encourage responsible innovation, promote fair, equitable, and non-discriminatory access to credit, address regulatory uncertainty that we have a lot of with this regulation, and make sure we develop some viable solutions. So it's good to see that they're soliciting comments one of the main topics for our industry that's a big one is that they are looking for more information on our approach to their approach to disparate impact. For those of you who haven't lived this, it's a look back mm-hmm. sometimes. It's what did I who and what types of loans and everything, what was my business like in the past? And did I have something where I inadvertently may have excluded a group is really one of our, you know, the buckets that really makes lenders uh, nervous. So if you think about, you know, I have really my three methods. I, I could have that I have a disparate impact. I could have that I have, you know, other issues in my pipeline that may be impacting borrowers. So take a look at that. Disparate impact is on the list as well as should they address uh, having documents available in more languages? Well, how should they address special purchase credit programs? And also advertising, right? What can I do as a Mm -hmm. lender to be more aggressive or forthcoming in my advertising to disadvantaged groups and without crossing a compliance line? So that's really the main thing is I want to be able to reach markets. I want to do more lending. How do I make sure I'm going about that? And it's not viewed as targeting, or but it's viewed as you know an assistance in helping consumers. Also, should they add sexual orientation and gender identity? Uh, which to their analysis in, in the ECOA, preemption of state law, that's another big one, I think, for our industry. And last but not least, artificial intelligence and machine learning. What is the impact to that on equal credit in our industry? Um, so this is a really big one that I encourage lenders to read and comment on, because I'm sure consumer groups will have lots of comments. Back to you, Dave. Uh, Bass, thank you so much, Alice. Well, quick question on the MBA. 
How much is, have you seen, I know you're active on Mortgage Action Alliance. Any thoughts on what you're seeing the NBA communicate on this? I mean, is that the best place for everyone to have their voice heard on these issues? I think for this one, yes, you can reach out to the NBA. I um, I will have to double check to see if they've published their position and actually published their comments to yeah. that rule. That's what I encourage people to do is, you know, you can go access the this from the CFPB website and actually post a comment there, and you can read what others have posted. And uh, I yeah. will be checking for next week's show to see if NBA has Good. published theirs yet. Yes. Yep, yep, good. Um, there's just so much on the MBA website. Also, Mortgage Action Alliance website, the MOA app. has got a lot of information there you can update on. So doesn't cover everything. Yeah, the desperate impact, the look-back period, that's got, that's, I mean, some of that was just absurdly long. Great report. A lot of information in here. And we'll have more details. Stay tuned as you come back each week. And then if you want to listen, so many people say, I write down as fast as I can everything Alice is saying, and I know you have so much time, but I said, Tim, go back to the website. Look at Unlending. You can go to Alice's page and download our participants, and you can look at everything she said, everything she has. If you want to listen to all of Alice's comments or all of Rob's comments, <laughs> Andy's, anyways, it's all just a back to back to back to back. You don't have to go searching through all of it. So I really appreciate what Paul and Nikki are doing and the way they organize their website. So good job, Alice. Appreciate you so much, and thank Thanks, you. Be sure to say that, say hi to Bill and Al and the whole team there at uh, Great Company, Union Home Mortgage. Appreciate you. Alan Pollock is here. Good to have him here, my friend. And uh, I want to give a quick plug to Finastra. If you're looking for a solution, check out Fusion Mortgage Bot. Uh, I was just on with their team. I'm looking at some of the innovation that they're bringing into the marketplace. Very interesting things coming out. I could get into it, but I just have encouraged you to check out finastra.com. Look at all the things that are going on there. And uh, it's an interesting world. Uh, Alan, good to have you with us. Alan, by the way, is with Open Close. They've got a lot of great things happening as well. But, Alan, what you got, friend? Appreciate you. Appreciate you as well. Good to be here. And happy Monday to everyone. As David Licken always says, T-G-I-M. Thank God it's Monday. <laughs> it's right? Monday. I'll never forget Because we that love day. what we do, and we love getting back at TGI. I need to put that in the show notes at the beginning here so we say that more regularly. Yeah. Absolutely. Start that. So lots of great stuff going on. Uh, the first is I'm going to start today off. It's, it's sort of a mortgage joke. So I, I searched mortgage jokes because I always have a couple good ones. They're always great <laughs> when you start good meetings and or, or WebExes, right, and there's a lot of people waiting. Yeah. Everyone always loves a good mortgage yeah. joke. This one's a picture. I'm going to paint the picture. It's a loan officer at one side of the desk holding a piece of paper, and a, it shows a, a guy in like uh, that that old golf jacket that's uh, like a plaid jacket for the for the golf club back in like the maybe yeah. the 70s. And it says, under assets <laughs> on your application form, you got this, this loan, if I get it. <laughs> so, uh-huh. you know digital digital gets rid of that. And then the second one is a picture of uh, Steve Harvey looking confused, and it says, clear to close. <laughs> Just kidding. It's still an underwriting. <laughs> and actually, if you, uh, if you Google mortgage jokes, 80% of them, at least in my search, are all about clear to close. So it's kind of funny. Is, right. you know, that probably is an indicator of, of past experience that many people have had. But <laughs> let's move on to more important things. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mention Moving this on to technology. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Moving on, uh, digital mortgage, right? It's one of my favorite shows because it's it's just mm-hmm. a different setting, and we get to see all kinds of great technology. 
It is September 14th to the 17th. It is obviously all virtual. You want to check it out. I am definitely going to be there or be online, but always great technology. And the fact that conferences have been on the slimmer side this year with a lot of online things, I think I'm making a guess that it's going to be pretty busy and it's going to be a lot of great tech. A lot of folks are waiting for something this year to release new, make new announcements, release new tech. So check it out. The other thing I want to mention is, you know, we talk about expectations of kids. You know, so funny, I was talking to my kids, and they were actually shopping for a house on Zillow. And we talk about, you know, we need to be (laughs) ready for millennials. I I was impressed that they knew to go to Zillow. I never mentioned it. And two, they were clicking through homes that had the amount of bedrooms they wanted. They were looking at backyards. They were doing they were doing everything. And I was I was kind of surprised. So we need to be more strategic in our thinking. We talk all the time that millennials are the next home buyers. We see Housing Wire and many others talk about millennials are the largest number, the largest representative group right now of home buyers in the industry. It is completely true, especially with all the down payment assistance programs that are out there and rates being so low. Mm -hmm. But remember, just having an online website or a 1003 is not going to do the job. They expect things to be quick, intuitive, and dynamic. They have higher expectations. I'm almost willing to bet for new millennials that are coming, they're probably going to go with what is offered to them. So if they're on Zillow, Trulia, Mm -hmm. or Redfin, or these other sites, they're going to take that mortgage offer or start there. So just remember that. Getting, engaging, educating, working with millennials, technology is not, we say this all the time, is not going to do the whole job for you. Relationships, empathy, that all comes into play. All right, David. Let's move on to the next topic. 150 million Series E, a post money valuation of 1.5 billion. Hippo, the insurance tech provider, a week or two ago got 150 wow. million Series E, which blows me away because I'm not, I don't want to downplay what they do, but it is, it is homeowner's insurance. And they've removed the the part that is so hard, which is phone calls and paper and email and fax and going back and forth. It's that one area that we forget about. So what's what's really unique is they've raised a total of $359 million since their inception only five years ago. And they reached unicorn status, a $1 billion valuation July of last year, so one year ago. So really unique. And right on the heels of that announcement is their – their competition, which is, get this, Nexus Technologies, a new partnership they made with the competitor of Hippo called Lemonade, boosting their insurer's offering. So if you're looking to add more for borrowers, like we were talking about a moment ago, for technology, Mm -hmm. take a look at those two players. Really interesting. By the way, this one, I'm going to mention it because I thought it was kind of cool, but I think it's just a, it's a phrasing of how they're doing it. But Roostify just announced the ability for a consumer or a loan officer to request a conditional approval directly through their lending platform. I don't really know what it means. I want to mention it because I think now's the time. There's probably a press release every other week about a point-of-sale platform yeah. and the unique or different way they're doing things. So don't be fooled. Not that these are meant to fool you. What I mean is, is everybody's got such great technology and a different way they look at things, make sure as you look at these vendors on, from the technology standpoint that you're truly looking at how these folks fit within your workflow and take the fanciness and the features out. I know Roostify's been working really hard. It's part of the overall process to digitize 
the whole front end and connect the borrower to the back end experience. So definitely take a look at Roostify, but they now have conditional approvals. And then David, I wanted to start off on the CIO versus CTO. We keep mentioning it, but there's so much other great stuff in the news. And I'm going to start it off just with a couple points about the CIO, especially because in fintech and as lenders, it is so absolutely important that we cover our tracks and, and help innovate and move forward in some other areas. And really one of the most important things is when you're thinking of a CIO and a CTO, is generally a CIO is responsible for technologies that run a business internally, and a CTO is responsible for technologies that grow the business externally. But what's really, really important is that CIO, the role for a lender and in fintech, is so absolutely critical, and I'm going to tell you why. Think about all the data that's leveraged and how we have to tailor our organization to suit our customers' needs on a real-time basis how much more flexible we need to be, how our systems need to be more yeah. modular. We've got to be able to roll out changes. We need to make our staff more comfortable handling large amounts of data and process our digital strategy, our systems architecture, infrastructure management, data management, data security management. These CIOs, they play such a critical role in choosing our vendors. In the vendor selection process, the performance requirements, the success requirements, and even more importantly, they more than likely, if you don't have your own technology development team, will manage the implementation and the accuracy of putting these technology systems in place. And we can dive in a lot deeper, but it is so important. We'll talk about a CTO next week, but if you're looking and trying to understand, do you need a CTO or a CIO? CIO is the way that you need to go to make sure that you have all those things intact. Absolutely. And with that, David, uh, this has been another fantastic Monday and uh, looking forward to the hot topic. And thank you everyone for being here. That'll be good. You bet. Yeah. Thank you, our listeners. And thank you, Alan, for adding some great content. Our listeners love it. Appreciate it very much. Likewise. Thanks. Alan Pollack. You can reach Alan at Alan at TMS-advisors.com. Good to have you here, Alan, each week with an update. Let's get over to the Prophet Doctor, Andy Shell, Dr. Shell, Dr. Andy Shell, the Prophet Doctor. Andy, what words of wisdom do you have to help companies on uh, We always talk about the Prophet Doctor fixing what ailing your bottom line. Andy, Andy, it's muted out there. Got to go find that mute button. Oh, there it is. Sorry, Dave. And I, there I, it is. Well, that... I said it was really good. Too bad you didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're out of time. That's so bad, but that'd be yeah, that, to wipe that in. <laughs> and that wraps up the show today. Thank you for attending. That wraps so, up the show. <laughs> profit oh, profit is news. more about just money. It also yes. comes from behavior. So they're all ties together. Successful businesses aren't that they, they, they get a profit, but they don't just miraculously get a profit. There's a process that goes into getting a profit. But before we start that, Dave, I wanted to make a quick side note. First off, you're just talking to Alan. Maybe he's still on. You're talking about Alan, and yep. Alan mentioned Roostify, Bland, LexisNexis, SimpleNexis, rather. You know, there's a bunch of companies out there, and you have to all these are all bolt-ons to LOS. Just because Alan can't say the plug himself, his company, you don't <laughs> have to get a bolt-on, plug-on, add-on system because his company comes with a quote, blend-like front end already connected to the system. That's right. So, there you go. What a good guy. That's pretty good. Yeah. So give a, give a Thanks, Andy. Appreciate that. For Alan. Alan, it opens <laughs> up. Hey, good. Alan. Thank you. Anyway, 
you, you glossed right over that opportunity, Alan. I know you can't sell open clothes because you're agnostic on looking on lending. Okay, so real quick, behavior and success. So, hey, Dave, I was watching this show on Netflix. It's about the Ottoman Empire. Like, I mean, who who pays attention and watches documentaries on the weekend, right? So I was watching this. <laughs> well, that's so funny. We, more than you realize probably now with COVID, but you definitely do. And I always love your perspective and how you relate it back. Yeah, so on this show, there's this, the history of the Ottoman Empire and Constantinople's attack. So what was interesting about it is that in the, the Turks, the Ottomans, the Turks have these these like rowboats, kind of like Viking boats, but they're like rowboats. But the point of it is, for the Turks to be successful, they have to respond in unison. So to do that, they got this long boat with these oars, and the captain's up in the front calling out the pace, you know, row, row. Right. And I was watching that, and they did it in perfect unison, and it led to propulsion. And they, they, they actually got, kind of got the jump on the, on the Romans, the Italians. But the same thing is true in business. It kind of dawned on me, this whole idea of collaborative action. You know, last week I was talking about servicing and how important it is to have collaborative action and servicing. Well, the same thing applies in all aspects of our business. We've got to be collaborative among all the participants in our business. And part of being collaborative, part of being a team, part of having a teamwork is more than just doing your, your job, but it's also how you do your job. And how you do your job also is from how you interact with each other, because each, we are a team, mean people. People interacting with each other is important. And one of the ways we talk about how we interact with each other is a document called the values statement. Pretty much all companies that have a strategic plan will have a value statement, part of the so vision, mission, yeah. values. Yeah, it's all part of it. But this value statement is a document that explains how we treat each other. So it's really important because it, it's a behavioral design. It says this is how we're going to treat each other. And you've probably heard, Dave, I know you've heard this, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, yeah. <clears throat> not that you or I would ever be guilty of that. Oh, it never. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, that that phrase, do as I say, not as I do, is pertinent here because it's really destructive to the vision statement. And so when we look at leaders in the mortgage banking environment, we've got, well, we've got the, we've got the branch managers, we've got top producing originators. These people mm -hmm. are viewed as leaders, the president of the company, obviously, executive yep. management. But there's a lot of people who have the who have the uh, the appearance of leader in a mortgage lending environment. And if these leaders behave inconsistent with the value statement, then our company culture is going to be affected, and our culture that we create in our company isn't going to be aligned with the value statement if the behavior of the leadership doesn't act as so defined by the value statement. Again, if if the leaders don't do as they if they don't do as they do as consistent with the value statement, then it's going to be a problem. Right. So leaders must behave consistent with the value statement for the culture to align with the value statement. Otherwise, you get an out of control railroad. And if you can imagine every conductor and every train starting and stopping whenever they want, you'd have chaos and everything blowing up. I watched another show about trains. <laughs> so you've got to do this right. You've got to think about this. And so I want to ask a question. 
Yep. When you hire a new branch manager, when you hire a new branch manager, do you share the values statement? Do you make so sure the new branch manager's values align with the company's values? People generally aren't going to change. The, the person has to embrace the values as their personal feeling, not because you told them to. So if you hire somebody, make sure their values align with yours, and you'll have a successful transaction most likely. Successful, successful companies hire leaders that align with the corporate culture. Bigger companies, the, the really big companies, have very extensive assessment processes. Mortgage companies can do the same thing. This is a fun topic for me. I've got tons of information about this. There's even stuff oh, about so this culture strategy on my, on my website. Just go to yeah, drandyshow.com. So, so yeah, and, so where's and it at? Dr. Looking, Dr. Andy, say that that's really good. Dr. Say that say that website again. We went too quick by that. DrAndyShell.com. And here's yeah. how you can remember how to spell it. Here's all you gotta know. This is all you gotta know about how to spell it. If you can spell Licken with two K's, then you can spell <laughs> Shell with one C. Yeah, that's right. Licken has two K's, <laughs> Shell has one C. As long as you put it in the right place, you're good to go. That's good. That's excellent. It's so interesting you bring this up because I had a client on it's one of my first calls on Monday. We're dealing with culture. We're talking about communication. What is your values as a company? We produced a vision statement. We produced a playbook. And we're finding out how important, how many different angles that playbook needs to go. And it's what are your communication values? What do you how do you what do you value as a company and how you communicate, especially with so many companies being maxed out? Month after month after month, greater numbers, greater numbers. People are working longer and longer, and they're getting threadbare in their communication and in their emotions. And if we don't have a policy on how you, what you value, and how you value, and how you act it out, and how you minister it, how you lead it, it's really about leadership. You're going to struggle. And it was so fascinating. So great topic. I appreciate you bringing it up. That's Andy. right. Timely. Well, unless great topic. Uh, if you value volume you'll have volume. If you value quality, you'll have quality. If you value a balance of both, then you'll be successful. Yep. Want to get more? Go to Dr. Shell or email Andy at Dr. Shell, S-C-H-E-L-L, at mbs-team.com. Andy, appreciate you being here, friend. Love the segment. Good stuff all the way Thanks, through. Dave. Appreciate you. You bet. Appreciate it. Folks, that ends this Goodbye. week's weekly update. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America, Indicom, as well as Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, and Modex. Love those two technologies. Thank you so much, listeners, for taking time to be a part of the podcast. Tell others about it. And we look forward to having you back next week. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.